With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Hope you can stay with us for at least a part of the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. A BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this on a Thursday. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we will catch up with our friend Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. A little NFL, a little sports gambling. As he's taken over that beat at Yahoo Sports, but his expertise, I guess, is uh, is in the NFL, so we'll do a lot of NFL conversation with the Wisconsin grad Frank Schwab at 10.30. Tommy Birch kicks off our number two. We'll localize it. We'll do some Iowa Cubs. We'll do some baseball with Tommy from the Des Moines Register as we get him every oh, two or three weeks to give us a little update on what's going on. Uh, Tommy Birch will join us at 11.05. Uh, and then, uh, what do we got? Pete Futek, did I see? Yeah, Pete, Pete Futek. Futek. Yeah, we were, we've been working on Matt Poston's talking some Big 12, yep. but he's been busy at work. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah. gets in the way. Of course, Pete with collegefootballnews.com. Maybe. Just maybe we will have some news regarding a slate of kickoff times. ESPN is apparently going to put out their first three weeks of the season today. Are you sure on that? Scott Dockerman was the one that said it. He thought, though. See, and, you, and Caker you take these little nuggets all the time, and then you say it's automatically going to happen. And you get me excited, and then when it doesn't happen... No, oh. I think it's because Kakert, I, I, I followed up the next, well, the Friday the, of that <laughs> same week with Kakert, and he said the same thing. So it's Tom Kakert's fault. Don't look at okay, me. Okay, it's Kakert. Right. You, you just get me today, excited over there. I'm with well, you. Well, speaking of excited, how excited did you get for the UNLV Iowa State <sighs> kickoff time when that came out yesterday <sighs> afternoon? That's a long day in Vegas for those <laughs> people. And worse, <laughs> not worse. I mean, they're going to have a time. They're going to have a great time. The folks that have uh, been fortunate enough to grab a seat on airplane, and hopefully you did at a reasonable price, because that is nowhere near the case right now. Right. Uh, but a full day in Vegas with a seven thirty kick, Ooh. and usually these charters, and I believe uh, Williams and Cyclone Fanatic uh, put one together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the char- charters usually get first thing in the morning. They're out of there. Right. <laughs> so. Yeesh. That's I when you make if, the decision. All right, how yeah. do you just stay up? Is Cyclone Sound Off going to happen this year? And if so, oh. does that mean so the th- 9.30, so 12.30 our time, say 1 o'clock, Cyclone Radio Network gives way to 1.15, 1.30. You're talking 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. Yeah. Central Time. That's yeah. one where you might just punt. I think so. When you're putting together the schedule, say it'll be eleven week schedule. It's a this pregame, year. if anything, right? There you go. That's that makes what a lot Sound more sense. Off did for a while. 
with the light games with the with the night game, and that was when it was a seven o'clock kick. They mm-hmm. would uh, they would still go prior to. But I was thinking about that. Oh, when I saw that, oh, that's going to be well an early morning in this case. If, <laughs> right. if indeed, uh, if indeed that that's going to be a party here too, though. I for think the, so. For I the think sports bars are going to be packed. Yes, no doubt. I I Take also stand. had this thought. So you're sitting around. All right, I'm going to go out. Didn't get to Vegas, but. I'm going to make this a day. All right. So you're watching college football all day. You're getting ready. You're going to your bar of choice. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, instead of 9.30, it's actually a 9.48 kickoff. Which it could be. <laughs> and we know college football today. Games go long. Yeah. But Game- Utah-San Diego State precedes that one, by the way, on CBS Sports Network. Games go upwards of four hours now. Mm-hmm. And let's say that's one of those games. And for whatever reason, UNLV, they're just playing well. And it's... It goes to overtime and 2 o'clock comes. This is where I'm going. If it goes to overtime and 2 o'clock comes, there's going to be... <laughs> and you're at a bar. Yeah. And the lights go on? And it's... You have to get people out of there. That's what I mean. Flicking the lights. Now, 10 years ago, that would have been a bigger problem. Because now people can pull out their phone mm-hmm. and they can watch it and at least get it that way. But... It's not going to overtime. If this game goes to overtime, this is a major, major disappointment. Road trips west. I, well, I, that's an Iowa is thing, it, but you will. Well, you look. I guess it could happen in sports after all, it right? You know, he's bad though. They're a bad they're football bad. team. They're a terrible football team. We'll see. They fired their coach. Um, the, Iowa State will be favored big time in, yes. in that game. I, I, it shouldn't be a contest. That was one thing too. I was a little surprised with all the games of the year. That this one didn't come out because it's the biggest game for UNLV on their non-conference schedule, and that one of the properties didn't put this number out there. Yeah, and I looked at, of course, we talked to Chris Andrews out uh-huh. at South Point and a few others. I haven't seen this one yet. I, I have a feeling we might see that one this summer, though. Somebody, one of those properties, out I there would think, will right? put that out. The, the um, Golden Nugget used to put all the games of the year, and then UNLV Nevada. Yes, right. <laughs> right. Yep. What's that one doing on this? Oh, I get it. It's too insane. Inside the state, right? Speaking of inside the state, yesterday we found out during our television program, Inside the Numbers. Yes, that's a pretty good nugget. Troy Macker from Bet Rivers. Mm-hmm. I've known Troy for a number of years. It's weird. How, how did you meet him? He first of all, he was just a college basketball blogger. After he graduated, him and Rob Doster worked That's together. The tie. I think it was College Basketball Times was the name of their. Okay. Regardless, they went on an excursion as twenty-three-year-old guys across the country. They made a stop in Cedar Falls. That's how I got to know them, and that was one of the many stops they made as they went around the country watching basketball, going to college basketball games. Wow. Went to a random MVC, you and I, Southern Illinois game, whatever yeah. it was, and just went around the country doing that, blogging about it, talking about it. Had no money, right? Just just doing their thing because that's what you do. When out of school, in 20s. yes, absolutely. And is ever going to happen? It better be this year. Troy worked for a few years for Sporting News, did a few other things, bounced around, and. Uh, he has worked, I think, for the last five years until he got this job with Bet Rivers with NBC Sports Washington. He's from D.C., so right. he worked for there, did a lot on the Capitals and the Nats and the like, but got this job with Bet Rivers, and I saw the name. And in fact, I think I heard him maybe on Murphy and Andy one day. I said, hey, I know that guy, and now we know that guy. But anyway, that aside, Troy comes on our television show yesterday, and he says, this is national. This is not the Bet Rivers here in the state of Iowa. This is all of them. They're national right. numbers. The most bet on college football game is Iowa, Iowa State. Number two, Notre Dame, Florida State. Yeah. Again, national. Right. Not just in our state. I, and it's four and a half. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible that this is, it seems like we talk about this every day with Iowa State and the unprecedented mm-hmm. heights, but just this game, what this game means on a national level. I understand a lot of the people that are betting mm-hmm. are from this state, but mm-hmm. still, 
it says just how people look at this game. I saw Compass Media, who has a national radio broadcast, their game in September 11th, their national game, Iowa State, will be on the radio across the country. And they have, I think, 300 and some affiliates. So that will be displayed across the country. People bouncing around looking for a game. They'll find Iowa, Iowa State across the country. It's, it's awesome. You know, we, we talked about game day and the likelihood of game day coming here, and someone pointed out, one of our listeners tweeted at us, because we thought that there was a chance. We're trying mm-hmm. to find another game that made more sense if there was um, you know, if there was one on the schedule. And it was pointed out that Air Force and Navy play on September 11th. Of course, September 11th, right? Mm-hmm. Did we get that? 20-year anniversary. 20-year anniversary. But here's my point, Trent, and at the time I thought, oh, that's right. You're 100% right. Um I'm not so sure that, that game day has a place at the 9-11 memorial on the 20th anniversary of that somber moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want, cause game day's pretty raucous crowd. Right. So on one, at one area of the memorial, you've got all those, that's New York, so not a ton of college football fans. Don't forget at the exact time that the, that these things happen, every person that perished on 9-11 has their name read. Were you, were you aware of that? No. So someone, there's, I don't know if it's just, it's not one person. It, it's a, there's 3,000. Is that what the number is? It's a log number. I should know this. I think it's north of 3,000. They read their names. So because of that. It's a, it's a memorial. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, I'm not sure if it's a celebratory, if, if, a, if, a, if an event like game day, I mean, picture game day in your mind, mm-hmm. right? And you want to put that there. How about in Annapolis? That's where the game will be played as opposed to... Right, but it's still going to be... I don't know. I'm not sure that... They like taking different directions. Mm-hmm. And they but were just the, at this game two years ago. Does 9-11 and game day go together? Yes. You think it does? I think it does. It's... I thought so at first, but when I then when I thought about the, um, the day itself... We see somber times, though, of it. And if you put it at a place like that, it's not going to be... I don't think the raucous crowd you're going to think that. There's not a game there. No, there's not a game happening no, 200 going, yards away. But you're going there to celebrate college football, not what happened in one of the darkest days in the history of the country. But you're spotlighting it. And that's what they do also. Yeah. You think of the Tom Rinaldi pieces. Right. You know, that's not always celebratory. There's also you know, the make you think, go yeah. a little deeper. And if that's I what was this in the room at ESPN and the decision makers, I would be a firm no. You'd be a firm no. Yep. And I probably would be outvoted. We're going to Syracuse instead. Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that would be my, um, you know, my second choice. I do think the two years ago hurts that they were quote just unquote here. just there, yeah, for the game, and there were no fans last year. So there's actually right last year, if you will, as far as I think that will mm-hmm. at least impact the decision a little bit. Mm-hmm. Will that come out also? Because the fact game day. the reason why they're not coming. No, 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 no. Game day. Is it always week to week, or do they announce the first few weeks early? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, I can't remember offhand. I don't either. And last year just screwed with my mind mm-hmm. so much and trying to remember See, things. See, I thought the... Yeah, Trent, I... It feels like they have. I, I'm with you, but I don't want to say that, and then... I don't know. Right. I'll just Maybe I'll that just will come out, there. though, mm-hmm. when ESPN releases their first, first three weeks. First couple of weeks of where they're going? They'll go that direction. Yeah, Start off, the kickoff times are coming. It, it's mm-hmm. it's getting here. We got Memorial Day weekend. And before you know it, it'll be Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And, and right. college football. Phil Steele will be out at some time in the next month. And, yes. Uh, certainly look I haven't uh, to... seen any 
Haven't seen a lot from Phil Steele outside I of did. him. Thank he, you, I coaches. Th- that's what I was going to say. The only thing I've seen yeah. from him, he, uh, he, he apparently uh, Kirk Ferentz gave him um, some time, and he thanks Ferentz. I did see that one, um, but but it should be coming out. All right, let's get to what's going on in the world of sports. And uh, magic words, game seven, and we get it. Shipping. June 23rd. June 23rd. Okay. Yeah. Pushing it back a little bit. Well, uh, we will get Phil Steele sometime right after June 23rd. Is mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we seem to be one of the first ones that he stops at, and we're grateful to that. Um, game 7, and NHL tomorrow night. The Minnesota Wild did what they needed to do last night. Now, they were the benefactor of an overturned goal. It went against them a couple of nights ago, and it was the right call when the goal against when the interference with Felino in the crease was called. It's the letter of the law, and Alex Tuck was in the crease, and they overturned the goal last night. They would have tied it at one apiece, uh, and who knows what would have happened after that point. A 1-1 hockey game turned into a uh, back-to-one-zip, and then two-zip, and then three-zip, and off we go to Vegas for a Game 7 tomorrow night. This Minnesota Wild team, Trent, I don't know how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I've said so as much for the most part all year long. They are just a – they're a team. They, they're, they're – I mean, the Oilers have two guys – yeah. Right? Two superstars. Legitimate. The Wild don't have that. Mm-hmm. But they're a team. They're a bunch of dudes. Like to play together, and the sum is greater than the individual parts. Yes. And you can well see that. They, there's been many games here where they've been outplayed. You, you just go back two games ago. We talked about the second period after they got out to the big lead and had to hold on for dear life in that one in game five, it would have been. Vegas was the better team. Yes. Didn't show up on the scoreboard. Nope. And... For stretches last night, it was the same thing. But the the funny part for me, I don't know hockey well. You know the sport incredibly well, inside and out. Well, I but can't it, pick my nose. So I mean, there's people out there that are, would dispute that. So with I, that, I, I know I haven't had a, I haven't had one win. Not no, one. that's impossible. That's impossible, right? You're staying away from those parlays at least now, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Oh, well, there's your problem, <laughs> right? You can't get back into it if you don't get a win. Just get a win. Well, Take a free space. I know what space. I'm going to do. I'm all. I'm going to. Um, it's all about strategy. I'm not saying. Okay, You're getting getting aggressive over there. Yep. With your bed rivers. Yep. And everything is left in my. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Whatever whatever I've left in my account, I think is like I'm going to bet Colorado. Colorado. I'm going to bet them today. Just put it all on a future. Just put it all on a future and hope that these guys that I'm in the contest with mess Fair. around and lose two, win two, lose two, win two, and they just kind of spin their wheels mm-hmm. and they think they're home free. And at the end of it, when the Lancers are skating around with the cup and I've got them at three to one or whatever it is I get them at, boom. That's the strategy, and I'm sticking to it. Not a bad one. It is. Well, we'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see if it plays out right. there. As the goal from Vegas, though, the disallowed goal yeah. happens, I don't know. I mean, outside of... The commentators talk. I don't know. And I'm rooting for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I want them to win. But it's so different than a sport that you know. I know baseball. Yeah. I know basketball. I know football. I, I know when I can be outraged. I don't know if I could be outraged or not. I, I just, it's one of those yeah. weird moments in a sport you don't. I think of when the Olympics come around and there's uh, a sport you come around. Right. And, and there's a sport, gymnastics. I love watching mm-hmm. the gymnastics. It's just. It's awe-inspiring seeing these young ladies and what they're doing and flipping through the air. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Right. I, that was incredible. Uh, it looked it, like a 10 to you, right? No, and, no, it was no. and it was the same Russian thing last night. Russian judge going 8-5. Right. With the hockey. I just, I don't know those little, the little moments. Mm-hmm. And as a fan, I don't know. It's just a different kind of feeling. I'll tell you what, though. I've already told the wife. Tomorrow night, yeah, we're locked o'clock. and loaded. 8 o'clock. Game 7. Kids Vegas, to bed T-Mobile. early. 
get some beer flowing, and we're watching oh, the game seven. Trent, I think it's going to be a great uh, lead into the weekend. I really mm-hmm. do. If you're if you're not a hockey fan, if you haven't watched any NHL uh, this year, by the by the looks of things, the weather's going to suck. I feel bad for people who really wanted to camp this weekend. Uh, it just looks like it's going to be brutal. Turn the TV on, sit back. There's kind of a local tie, right? Right. The AHL trip uh, affiliate plays here in downtown Des Moines. There's a couple of names that we've known that have come through. So we shall see. But we get one tomorrow night, and that's... I don't think it gets any better, personally. I really don't. Especially if it gets to overtime. Well, and then it's a whole that, different That's a bird, different right? level. Yep. Knowing the winner advances, yep. the loser season comes to a close. That is edgier seat. Was it Vancouver? There was a Vancouver game seven. I remember just being yeah. so compelled by it. Mm-hmm. Edge of the seat. Didn't have a care. Didn't have a bet on it. Right. It was nothing you like couldn't that. Couldn't bet probably last time Vancouver was in a game seven. Well, well, okay. <laughs> I do things a little yeah. differently. Yeah. But just edge your seat. You don't get that in any other sport. No, there, I there's don't something think. about it. Something about it. And when you get that deep into the game, we can get a game seven in the NBA. I don't know, and if we do, I hope it's in Madison Square Garden because, yeah. Trent, there's just something special about that place. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I'm really glad I scratched it off my bucket list. Now, I didn't see an, N- or an NBA game. I saw an NHL game, two original six teams, the Bruins and the Rangers. Just walking into it for the first time and looking, soaking it all in, looking at the bleacher creatures, the seats way up at the top, and knowing that you're in a building that there's been so, not just games, I mean, I mean, look at the stuff that's happened at Madison. Check out their wiki page. Yeah, some of the events that have happened and seeing it for the first time was just like, holy crap! I can't believe I'm here. Um, but watching it last night and watching those Knicks fans, and it's been a long time since they've had. I found myself kind of. I don't have an NBA team. I don't think I'm going to become a Knicks fan, but you know what? If they advance uh, in this playoff round and keep going, I'm okay with that. Bill de Blasio just going after yeah. Trey Young before the yeah, game. It's the, good stuff. The storylines that... He's going to get crushed, by the way, I think. Oh, yeah? Anyway, I don't really know, but that's why I saw something that had to do with that. Calling out an NBA play. You, mm-hmm. don't, you don't get these kind of things other places. And the excitement, the importance of the Knicks. And the Knicks fans starting to come out of the woodwork here, even on our local level. They've been level. dormant, Trent. That they have. Do you know one? Yes. I know one. Yeah, one of uh, the groomsmen of my wedding. Okay, Austin Arnod. Oh, he's a Knicks he's fan as well? He's a Knicks fan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my buddy Sean that's, uh, was the red hat for Iowa games. Yeah. That got yelled at all the time. Yeah. He, he is a Knicks fan, had the Patrick Ewing shoes growing up, and those things were hideous, and we made fun of him relentlessly for his stupid Ewing shoes. He liked the Knicks, but starting to see it a little bit around town. I, I've seen, I think, a Knicks hat and two Knicks uh, shirts over really? the last week, week and a half, I guess it would probably be. Yeah, they start to come out here, and that's good. This is something, yep. obviously, the NBA needs. It goes without saying, but they got down early, and I thought they were in trouble. They were down early, Trent, and then, uh, what was it? I went away from it, and I came back to it. It was, I don't know, 81, 74, something like that. So they flipped the switch and then didn't let up and tied the series at one apiece. Jazz do the same in the yeah. late game. You know, so- what's up with that, Trent? Because normally the... The scoring in NBA playoffs comes way, 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 way down. There was 270 points scored in that game last night. This is today's NBA. 
But it's not in the playoffs normally, is it? (laughs) What was the total on that game last night? Any idea? Oh, beforehand, I would guess 214. Um, And look what they did. They scored 217. 219 and a half. All right, so they blew by it by 50 in regulation. (laughs) They did. Now, that was a little bit different. I mean, just the the shooting that was happening in the game between both sides. 19 three-pointers from Utah. But that's what it is. There is... You cannot put your hand on a defender anymore. You just can't. Right. They have have they gone too far? I don't know. Because you watch an NBA game and it it is a really jolt to the system for me that doesn't watch much NBA yeah. when we get to this point. Right. Every single year. Every open shot they hit. Yep. They just hit. Mm-hmm. It's open three pointer, knockdown mm-hmm. every single time. And going from watching college basketball. And it's physical too. It is. They're so big. Yep. I know there's crazy ideas out there. there. There's talk of, why don't you add a four-point line? You know, Stretch it yeah, out a little bit that. more. Don't trick it up like that. Moving. One thing that I've heard that I am intrigued by, because you watch the game now, and the corner three is so important. And it becomes two-on-two basketball with everybody else basically setting up in the corners, and these guys are so good, is eliminating that. Is you take the NBA arc, and you basically take it to before you get to the corner, and it ends. There are no more mm. corner three-pointers okay. because of that. I thought that was something intriguing. I hadn't heard that. I heard it, I think, just about a week ago or something mm-hmm. like that. That's an idea that maybe can, I don't know, take away some of the advantage of these great shooters that you see that, again, don't miss. You can still take the shot, right. just a two-pointer as opposed to a three. Tricking it up in different ways, though, I just think they've gone too far. I, I think they because you can't have anything, any kind of contact is an automatic foul. It's maybe got to that point and you get what you get last night, mm-hmm. 141-129. Yeah, it was, it was, I looked at the box score this morning. I thought, well, that's got to be a misprint. A misprint. They're, they didn't score that many points in, in regulation. Yes, they did. Uh, so on we go with the NBA. Uh, a ton of baseball here today. Look forward to watching the Cubbies, who are as hot as anybody in baseball offensively. So I heard this little nugget on the broadcast last night. Um, since the middle of April, and maybe the date was April the 17th, the Cubs have the best offense in baseball. Really? What does that mean for the other 29 teams? Because when I think <laughs> of this team, I think the bullpen has been really good. Um, they're getting some timely hits finally. I love some of the uh, low-priced pieces that they've been able to uh, put together, like the Sogard, uh, th- those type of players, guys that you – didn't expect to have a big role on this team that getting some timely hits. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just the Bodie yesterday hits a big bomb. I guess they're the, I mean, the, the stats don't lie, right? It says the Cubs are the best offense in baseball. I'll have to believe them. I'm looking at overall team stats. This is for all major league teams right now. They're 12th and runs scored. That's even surprising to me. I mean, it's even more surprising what you said going back to the middle of April. They're 10th in hits. On base percentage, they're 6th. Boy, it feels like a team that's not built for on base yeah. percentage, right? But they are 6th in all of baseball whole year, even with that crappy start. Trent, and how many times in the month of April did we, it was either with Cappy or it was you and I when we were upon? Boy, this team's really struggling to score runs. They can't score to save their lives. Now, have you looked at the June schedule? For the Cubs? No. Yes. Basically, after the Red Series this weekend, this is what they have. It is going. We're going to know a lot more about this team. And they're half a game out as we begin play here for them in an hour and ten minutes. So Reds again this weekend, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they welcome in the Padres for three. Ugh. They go to the Giants for four. 
Mm-hmm. Then to San Diego again. So that's a 10-game slate. We've got seven against the Pods and four against the Giants? Yeah. Okay. Six against the Padres, four against the Giants. Okay. The Cardinals for a three-gamer. Love it. They go to the Mets for four. Lead the East right now. Got the Marlins. Okay. Not a, they're a pesky team. They are. Indians after that and that great pitching staff uh-huh. for two. The Dodgers for four, this time in L.A. Milwaukee on the road to finish out the month. Oh, my God. That is a gauntlet. That, that's a gauntlet. That's a great point, Tony. I'm glad you looked at that. There is no Tigers. There is no Pirates. <laughs> no. There is no even Cincinnati Reds yeah. during this stretch. You're talking Even the Marlins, mm. who are the worst of the group, A, it's just a three-gamer. And secondly— a team. Well, they are they made one the of playoffs o- last year, and only two teams, and they beat the Cubs right, in the playoffs right, last year, yes. and one of only two teams in the National League East that actually has a positive run differential. Mm. It's them and the Mets are the only two teams that have it, at least as I looked at it the other day. So that stretch, oh my god, I don't know if there is a more difficult one, maybe in all of baseball, certainly in the month of June. Yeah. I, I don't think there could be anything more difficult than that. I guess play 500 baseball try to keep your right. you know keep your head above water. That's unbelievable. And a lot of those are on the road. Got to go to LA, got to go to the West Coast, couple of different occasions. Mm-hmm. That's San Diego, San Fran. It's too bad they can't sprinkle in the Dodgers while they're out there. That'd Instead, be a long They got to go home for yeah. and then they come back and do it again. But they got an East Coast trip sprinkled in because they go to City Field to take on the Mets. The Mets. Wow. June Will be the deciding yes. factor for this baseball team. No question about it. You said that. it. If they keep their, if they're a 500 team even during the month, yeah. they got a chance because the schedule is going to ease up. And then we will be to July and we can talk about does it make sense to go well, out? Let's, and spend? let's get to the All Star break. All uh, right. Just real quick. So uh, we begin July with at Cincinnati for three, home to the Phillies for four. And then they'll go into the break by hosting the Redbirds. That's a tough stretch. Trent. It is. By the time we get to the All Star break, is this Cubs, gee, are they fool's gold? Is that what we've watched in the month of May? I don't know. It doesn't feel like that, but maybe it's a product of who they've been playing. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great. Uh, uh, a great find on your part to, to look ahead to that schedule. That is tricky. Ready to do a keyword? I am. Do you got the keywords in there? I do have them here. Good, Let's, good. Because uh, do we have to take airline one or no? Uh, no, we're good there. Gotcha. All right, time to hit another $1,000 home run. By the way, Frank Schwab is coming up on the other side. We'll get in the NFL with Frank. But that $1,000 home run, hopefully one of you can hit it right now by going to KXNO.com and enter the keyword stock. Stock uh, at KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. That is stock. Frank Schwab joins Miller and Condon next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right, Millery Condon, welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Thursday. We take you until noon. It's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Good to connect, to reconnect in this case, with our friend Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. He covers the NFL and also uh, has really become their sports wagering guy uh, at Yahoo Sports. Frank Trenton, Ken, as always, we appreciate you coming on. How are you, Frank Schwab? Doing great, doing great. Just, uh, yeah, it's it, it's fun. Uh 
fun time, fun off season, fun everything. It's it's fun. It's great, indeed it is. Uh, NBA has been terrific. You know your piece today on on the Lakers, um, and the uh, and and the Suns, which is a really good point uh, with with Chris Paul and and how do you step up to the plate with confidence and 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 back the Suns, not knowing just how healthy he or in this case unhealthy Chris Paul is. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I mean, I have the utmost respect for Chris Paul. I mean, you, I, I think he's almost to the point, like, I, watching the Suns a lot this year because they were just a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. It's like, have we gotten to the point where Chris Paul's kind of underrated? Like, mm-hmm. why isn't this guy in the in the conversation as, like, one of the greatest point guards of all time? Like, we should be talking about this guy. Every team he goes to gets better. The Suns went 51. The Suns went and made the playoffs in 11 years. Went 51 and 21 this year with him. I mean, and, and it's it's just him. I, he's such a great leader. He, he, he does everything. And now he's going to play, I assume. But he's he's just limited. He's not Chris Paul. And... You know, they got good depth. They got guys off the bench who are, are pretty good, kept them in the game uh, the other night. But I, I can't see them being the Lakers without Chris Paul. And But, as you said, you know, everybody there, gambling's legal there. Yep. He, he, when you, you know, you look at this line, and I think it's up to seven, it's like, well, how do you, you can't bet the Suns without knowing what you're getting out of Chris Paul. So it's a tough game to bet on. But I feel bad. Just as an NBA fan, I feel bad because I wanted to, I really, you know, watching game one, you thought, wow, the, the Suns really have a chance to, to beat the Lakers in this series. But they, you just can't do it without Chris Paul, I don't think. It's, it's just too tough of a road. Speaking of the NBA, how about your hometown Nuggets as they get ready for game three, heading over to Portland? Yeah. Game one hideous, game two great. What are we going to see from the Nugs going forward? Yeah, I went to game two. It was fun to be back in an arena where you know, fans were going crazy. Dame was just shooting the lights out. and that, that first half was the most fun half of basketball I've ever witnessed in person. I've been to 100 games plus. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I think this is going to be a really good series. I think, you know, I, I, I'm a Bucks fan more than a Nuggets fan, so I, I can say this without bias that I think the Nuggets are going to compete tonight, and I think they're going to keep it close. I think this is going to be a great series. I think it's a seven-game series. I think that they just, you know, it's a good, it's kind of one of those matchups where, you know, you, you can make a, a case for either side. I mean, the, the, the Blazers guards are so much better, but, you know, Jokic has, since Murray's injury, Jokic has just been playing on even a higher level, I think, just carrying that team. So, you know, I'm taking the Nuggets tonight. I, I like them to keep it close. And I think one way or another, this game, this series is going to go seven because it, it, I just can't see either team kind of pulling away from the other and, and taking it in five or six. It's, it's just, I think it's just going to end up being a really, really fun, competitive, awesome series that goes right down to the wire. Uh, Frank, uh, one more before we get to uh, to the NFL, and that that's the Lanch. Uh, speaking of hometown teams, who are the clear yeah. betting favorite uh, to have a parade in Denver, looks like they'll be the only uh, Denver franchise with the parade. Certainly, the Rockies aren't going to get there. Maybe the Nuggets. I don't think the Broncos. Uh, sadly, uh, but at, at the same time, uh, Colorado uh, swept the Blues. Uh, they're sitting back, they're licking their chops, knowing that uh, they've got a game seven with their next opponent. They're going to be forced to play and then turn around on short rest and take on the juggernaut that is the Colorado Avalanche who look unbeatable, Frank Schwab. They they really do. And by the way, talking about you know what which Denver team might have a parade. Well, let's see if the Broncos make a quarterback trade. I'm uh, sure we're going to talk about that. Yes, in the next, we will. Uh, yep. <laughs> the next questions. Um, but uh, yeah, the Avalanche are one of those teams where I, I was you know I 
I've made a couple futures bets, not on the Avalanche because they're just such you know, ridiculous favorites at this point. And I watched the first couple games and said, nah, I missed out. The Avalanche <laughs> are that good. They're, they're just deep. They, they do everything well. And I, I was truly looking forward to, to Abs Vegas. I thought that was going to be a great series. But now we don't know if, if Vegas is going to you know, even advance. If, the, you know, if Minnesota can pull that one off, and I'm sure there's a lot of Minnesota fans there, uh, it, it, you know, where you guys are at, mm-hmm. it's – it's like I, I don't, I, you know, who's beating the Avalanche? Who who's stopping them? I mean, it's you look around, and I think if if the it's funny how it works, but if if Vegas loses Game Seven, I think the Avalanche are your you're going to be your Stanley Cup champions. I think Vegas is the only team that can really stop them at this point. They're that good, yep. and uh, yeah, it's. It, it's it's exciting out here. People are really fired up about the Avs, and and rightfully so because I think they're they're Stanley Cup favorites for a reason. This is a complete team. Stars at the top, mm-hmm. grinders at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, they just they do everything well. And I was shocked that I know the Blues, you know, had their issues, you know, losing their top guy to COVID and all that. But I mean, for them to just dismantle that team, and I didn't, you know, I didn't think the Blues were a bad team this year. To just just destroy them like they did. I was like, this is the best team in the NHL, and it's, it's really not a question. Yeah, I'm with you. Just uh, so you know, the uh, AHL team for the Wild is downtown Des Moines. The Iowa Wild play here. So yes, there are a lot of fans. I did not know that. Okay. Yep, yes. A lot of yeah, fans, uh, a lot of uh, Wild fans. Well, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and you mentioned Denver, and, and perhaps uh, that happens as the calendar turns to June on Tuesday. If it were to happen, Frank, have you put pen to paper, give it any thought? I mean, it's going to be a bounty. We know the picks that will, uh, the first round picks that will uh, leave Denver and go to Green Bay. But they want players, too. And as a Bronco fan, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but, man, I want to watch Jerry Judy as a Bronco and Noah Fant as a Bronco and Bradley Chubb as a Bronco. And these are three guys guys that are, you know, are, are talked about as the potential going back to Green Bay. What would it take? What will it take, Frank? And, And the problem here is, that I, and, and this is the reason I don't think a trade is going to be made ultimately. But I, if we're talking about the parameters of a trade, if the Packers just get to the point where they feel they have to do it, part of the problem is they didn't do this trade before the draft. I think if they make this trade before the draft, we all assume the ninth pick would have been in play. Uh, yep. You don't have to. Like you're going to have to trade the ninth pick. Well, now you're waiting a year on that pick. And if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, they ain't draft a ninth. No, they might draft you know twenty six. Hopefully 32nd. So the, yeah, and, and maybe all the way to 32nd. I don't think that's out of the question. So now if you're the if you're the, the Packers, you no longer have the ninth pick. You know that pick a year down the road is going to be in the 20s probably. And you, now all of a sudden you got to ask for more because you don't have the ninth pick. And now all of a sudden you're, you're asking for the moon, You're you know, as well they should for the MVP. But, yeah, I, all of a sudden, it's like well, the Broncos have to take a step back and say, do we really want to trade all these picks and Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy and whatever it's going to be? I think Chubb would almost have to be part of the package. And another, I, I don't know if all you know every single one of those players is going to go, but at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're saying, yeah, we're getting Aaron Rodgers, but boy, this is taking a big chunk out of our roster. Guys who we feel great about, who they've had a, a nice string of drafts. Uh, they've... They've really bolstered their depth around the quarterback position. They do need the quarterback, but it's that catch-22. You get the quarterback, and all of a sudden, the depth around them is not as good. I don't know. I think I truly do believe once the draft passed, I think that that was it. I just don't think 
that you, you can get back what you need to get back if you're the Packers or trade Aaron Rodgers. And unless it just becomes this game of chicken becomes kind of untenable where you just you just say he's not coming he is not going to play for us he is dug in on this this is not going to happen he's going to go if we really really dig in he's just going to retire and go host jeopardy or whatever he's going to do we need to trade him just to get something back i i unless that happens i think the packers are just going to sit there and i think that the game of chicken ended at the draft i really do i think that they the packers dug in and said no, we're gonna we're gonna stick with what we got. We're gonna basically call his bluff, make him play, and we're not trading him because I just think once once the draft passes, getting value back for what you need to, to get to trade the MVP is just not going to happen. Another one that we look at is Julio Jones. It looks like his days in Atlanta are numbered. Number of different options out there. Tennessee, Baltimore, New England, among some of the teams talked about, maybe the 49ers already got a couple of good wide receivers in Debo Samuel and Ayuk. But yeah. uh, you look at this one, first of all, the Falcons are in salary cap hell. Dimitrioff did left them really no wiggle room here. They almost have to make this move. And secondly, what's the de- destination you think this is ultimately going to be? Yeah, I, and I was really looking forward to watching this Atlanta offense. I mean, you think about it. They don't have a great defense, so they're going to be passing a lot. Don't have a great running game, so they're going to be passing a lot. <laughs> yep. And, you know, Matt Ryan has the, the their new tight end pits, yep. Julio and Ridley. I mean, mm. with the 17-game schedule, I was thinking, can Matt Ryan, like, uh, challenge 6,000 yards? Like, I, I mean, wow. I don't think that's crazy. Wow. Uh, but, you know, obviously Julio out of the equation. I don't think – I honestly don't think it's a bad move for Atlanta. Julio's 32. He he probably knows the time is ticking on his career, and that's one of the reasons he wants to be traded. And Atlanta can kind of rebuild on the fly. They're going to get good draft picks, uh, maybe a young player back, whatever they're going to get. I, I think it's a good move for Atlanta to trade Julio. It's just time. It's it's fine. You, you had a great, I think, 10 years uh, together, and, you know, it's just, okay, it's time to move on for all parties involved. And, yeah, like you said, you know, you wonder, okay, where's Julio going? It's a different deal than the quarterback, right? Like, I truly believe sitting here, all all other 31 teams would benefit from having Julio Jones on their roster and should be looking into it. Now, you're going to get to a point where Texans or whoever are just like, we're rebuilding, it doesn't make sense to add a 32-year-old Julio Jones. But I think still you're going to have... 20 to 23, 24 teams that legitimate, like even the Jets. Why wouldn't you want to have your young quarterback working with Julio Jones, where he can develop a little bit faster, knowing he has this Hall of Fame receiver? Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in that boat of of hey, yeah, we might not be competing this moment, but in two years we might with our young quarterback. Let's get Julio Jones to develop along with him and you know you mentioned some teams <laughs> the one team i want is so badly for this to happen is a kansas city oh team. no don't I do that. that i mean that would just like uh, i mean oh. at that point you talk about six thousand yards yeah like, uh, maybe 6500 yeah. <laughs> uh, i would just be uh, that is the one that's the one i, I think it's going to be tennessee just because that makes the most sense they need a second guy badly but Put Julio on the Chiefs just just so we can watch you know Patrick throw for about 500 yards every week. That's frightening as a Broncos fan, and I know I speak for Raiders <laughs> and Chargers fans. Uh, Frank, uh, so the first weekend in September is Tim Tebow on the SEC Network, or is he a Jacksonville Jaguar? I, I th- boy, it's a, such a confusing question because my mind tells me this is dumb. This is just oh, all this like. 
Tim Tebow is the most competitive guy in the world. You know who else is competitive? Every other player <laughs> on an NFL roster. Like, why, why are we doing this? Tim Tebow is has not played in however many years, eight now? Or is that what we're up to? He has never been a tight end. It's I, I don't know if he has any skills to be a tight end. He's beyond the point where he's like this unbelievable athlete. You know, I mean, he was a, a great, great athlete in his mid-20s, I'm sure, but... He's 30-something now and hasn't played as a football in what seems like forever. So I think it's just the most ludicrous thing to think he could be on an NFL roster. But then I think Urban Meyer is just crazy. I, I am so worried about the Urban Meyer era in Jacksonville. He has made so many weird moves so far that just are like, what are you doing? Do you know what... You know what you're doing. They're just troubling, like these Spurrier-type moves where you just say, this guy might be in over his head. And he, look, I'm not really joking when I say this. I think Urban Meyer believes he owes Tebow for kind of being a human shield for those Florida teams that were had literally a couple dozen guys get in trouble, bad trouble. But yet Tim Tebow was kind of the the face of the program, so nobody really, really got on him too much. And I just think he has this, and he has an affinity for him, obviously. They won a lot of games together and all this, so... On one hand, I say this is the craziest thing. We shouldn't even be talking about this. But on the other hand, I say Urban Meyer's made such troubling, weird moves so far. Why not another? And have him just, Tebow's on the roster week one, great. It's just weird. And, and hey, I think it'd be a great story if he made it. I've never been a a Tebow hater. His fans are are really out of control almost at times. But (laughs) Tebow himself, I have no problem with him. I I think he's one of the greatest college players I've ever seen. That 2011 Broncos team was one of the most exciting and entertaining I've ever seen. Maybe the most exciting, entertaining team I've ever seen. It would be fun if he made it. But... I just, boy, I don't know. I, I just have no answer because we're dealing with, you know, you almost have to to answer it. You almost have to assume rational coaching and decision-making, and I can't assume that with Urban Meyer right now. Final thing. Yesterday, Tua talks to the Miami media for the first time since after the season. Some damning quotes if you want to take them that year. Uh, that way, he talks about not knowing the playbook very well last year, didn't have any checks and alerts uh, in the system when he was in there. I still believe in Tua. I do. Speaking of great college players, I believe that you can untap, and I think Waddle's going to be a big help of getting somebody that can actually stretch the field on that team. 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Completed 64% of his passes, all while not knowing the playbook. I believe in Tua. Am I crazy? And that's another thing. The hip injury, I would not yeah. know if he was 100%. I, I doubt he was. And We've gotten to this, uh, what I hate now a little bit about the NFL and coverage of the NFL, too, is we've gotten to this warp speed with quarterback development where if you're not good, how many, how many stars did he have? Nine, right? I think it was nine. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if, if Tute, Dungavailoa, whose name I can't last, I'm just kidding. If Tua is not great in his first nine games, like Herbert was, like Joe Burrow was in his first you know, 10 games as a starter, we just say, oh, Tua's a bust. He's got to go. And he's had nine games. What are we talking about? He was the fifth pick of the draft. He was a great college player. He was dealing, like you said, like, you know, he's dealing with either a pared-down playbook that he didn't know very well because he's a rookie. This is normal. This is not this crazy thing. And just because he wasn't, you know, 2012 Cam Newton, just because he wasn't uh, Justin Herbert last year, just because he wasn't Dak Prescott as a rookie, it doesn't mean he's a bust. 
he, he let's give him some time. Like you said, add Jalen Waddle, give him another year to learn. I, I mean, from all accounts, he's he's the type of guy who's going to you know really have a good off season, put in the work. And let's see what happens in year two, year three, and not just assume that he can't play because he was he wasn't even that bad last year. <laughs> he wasn't you know he wasn't a guy who you're just like whoa this guy does not belong in the NFL. He he had his ups and downs. He he looked like a rookie, but we don't allow quarterbacks to look like rookies anymore. They have to be great right away, or we're just looking for the next guy. I mean, people were talking about the Dolphins, you know, when they had the third pick, are they going to draft a quarterback with the third pick? It's like, wow. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. They were giving up by two of that quickly? Like, I, I don't, I, I want to see quarterbacks have a little bit of time to develop. And I'm with you. I, we didn't see a whole lot from him last year. We didn't, I wasn't like, whoa, this guy's really good. I, he looked like a rookie. He looked like a guy who's still coming back from injury. But I'm willing to give him a, another year to say, all right, you know, we, they've added guys around him, bolstered the line, added Waddle. Right, go do what you do, and let's see after year two. We'll reevaluate. But I'm not willing to give up on him after nine games for sure. Uh, Frank, we have 15 seconds left. Your Wisconsin grad, DraftKings, has the over-under on football at nine and a half. Non-con, there's oh. a Notre Dame game in there. There's Army, and I don't remember the other one. Um, but nonetheless, nine and a half, where are you? Yeah, I got to take the under, but I'm a pessimist, so <laughs> I, I still think Miami Heat are going to win four of the next five games and knock the Bucks out of this round. So hey, That's take that for what it's worth. Not happening, <laughs> Frank. Good, uh, glad you're better. Uh, we will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Frank Schwab. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Frank Schwab. YahooSports.com. Uh, we'll take our final time out of our number one and come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon with you on 1460 Kicks and on 106.com. Condon. Well, tonight we know where uh, Elton John will be still standing. He will be at the iHeart Music Awards. They take place tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox 17. First time in over a year you will be able to see artists on stage performing in front of a live audience. And Elton John will receive the iHeart Radio Icon Award, honoring his 50-year unbelievable, outstanding Career is he going to perform? I haven't heard, but I definitely have the DVR set for that one already. Do you? Good for you. Yeah, good company to. man. Out of yes, boy. yes, got to do that. Fox Seventeen tonight, so we'll uh, we'll see. And certainly, if Elton John is in front of the piano. Yeah, going to be watching that performance. I am so glad that I scratched him off of my list. Uh, we went and saw him at Caesar's Palace in Vegas just before. Oh, I don't know when it was. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Anyways, was, I'm uh, jealous. No, it was great. You got quite the list that. I need to cross off. Well, I'm 20 years older than you, too. You are. Forget. That's true. And I'd much rather trade you. <laughs> Stones? Gone. Definitely want to do. Elton John? You know where you have to go. You have to go to New York. There are so many incredible venues. Mm-hmm. You're a huge sports fan. Um, Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yankee Stadium. Whether mm-hmm. you like the Yankees or not. Right. I've been in the new one, made it to the old one. I was at Shea Stadium, and I was oh, yeah. blown away at Shea. It's kind of a dump, but just the planes going over right. top. And if you're seated in the right field, you can actually see the U.S. Open Tennis oh, really? Center. Yeah, it's they're right beside. They were right beside each other. Yeah, I didn't realize field where that. Shea is. No, I don't think it is. Um, but yeah, they were right side by side. Um, yeah, so many Belmont Park, mm-hmm. not for everybody, but. Um, yeah, that's, I'm lucky. Do that, hit a show. Yes, indeed, hit a show. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know why I became lucky that uh, I was able to do those things? 
about right now, 32 years ago, I became an immigrant to the United States of America. Really? I... This is my day. May the 27th. May the 27th. 1989. Sometime in the 10 o'clock hour. I remember leaving the house about 8.30, and it's an hour and a half to the border or so, and I think it probably took me a half an hour. It's kind of vague how long it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the papers that I had to have you know, signed, etc. whatever paperwork I had to have. But yeah, I immigrated to the United States 32 years ago today at about this time. How about that? 32 years yeah. ago. Well, you are an Iowan, that is for sure. Yeah. Though you consider yourself Canadian, yeah. you are an I've Iowan been, also. I've been in the United States born half my life. Isn't that crazy? It really is. Yeah. It really is. So yes, get to work, get to work on your bucket list. Um, as uh, we're almost, for most of us, free to move about the country. Yeah, we need Pearl Jam. We need Pearl Jam to play at Principal Park. Randy Wayofer and myself, we, we've talked about this for a long time. That's yours on top of That's yours? That's at the top of my era because, well, unfortunately, a lot of my favorites aren't with us anymore. Yeesh. Uh, we've got uh, Tommy Birch amongst our favorite uh, guests. He will join us to kick off our number two, Pete Futek College Football. Still waiting on those kickoffs. Is it going to happen? We'll see. Miller and Condon, 1460, 1019.